Sports Podcast, presented by the Columbia Daily Tribune. Hello and welcome to another Mizzou Sports Podcast. My name is Eric Blum, breaking down Mizzou Sports with you every week here on the show. I am flying solo today, as, as I do on the second episode every week. Uh, we are going to be joined by Nick Suss a little bit later from the Clarion Ledger. He covers Ole Miss football, basketball, baseball, and recruiting for them. So he's going to kind of break down the matchup going forward and uh, what he expects to see tomorrow being Saturday. Uh, yeah, just, just just kind of a busy week for Mizzou in total. Uh, you know, the volleyball team played on Wednesday. Uh, we actually are recording this, uh, full, full disclosure, still right after we recorded the last one on the night. So I don't know the result yet. The uh, first serve takes place here in about 30 minutes. But they play, uh, and kind of the other sports are all kind of underway. Uh, people are kind of entering town for homecoming. Uh, and yeah, it, it's going to be a... Uh, it's going to be a fun time this weekend, I would imagine. Uh, yeah, basketball is going to have their uh, a media day on Saturday before football. If you want to check that out, Mizzou Arena, one thirty to 2.30. Other than that, we kind of gave you all the information you would probably need uh, for the Mizzou uh, you know, versus uh, Ole Miss game from the other podcast that we already did earlier this week on Wednesday. So yeah, why don't we uh, just get right into it. Uh, without further ado, here is my interview with Nick Suss of the Clarion Ledger. to thank our sponsors for the Mizzou Sports Podcast. University of Missouri Healthcare. University of Missouri Healthcare is proud to be the official sponsor of MU Athletics. Blue Events. Let Blue create your perfect event. Their passion for food, service, and presentation ensures that you will have a seamless and memorable event, no matter the size. They will work with you to bring your vision to life. Phyllis Nichols, State Farm Insurance. There when things go wrong, here to help life go right. And now back to our podcast. Joining the Mizzou Sports Podcast this time is Old Miss beat writer for the Clarion Ledger in Jackson, Mississippi, Nick Sutt. How are you doing? Doing pretty well. Thanks for having me on, y'all. Good. Anytime. Uh, first off, just kind of introduce yourself and uh, what you're doing in uh, Mississippi. Yeah, my name's Nick. I cover Ole Miss football, baseball, basketball, recruiting, et cetera, et cetera, for the Clarion Ledger. It's a statewide paper down here in Mississippi. And other than that, my life is generally unremarkable. I'm happy to answer anything about it, though. Okay. Well, how long you been at the uh, at the Clarion Ledger for? It will be a year this Saturday, if I'm not mistaken, uh, on the Ole Miss beat. I've been at the Ledger for about a year and a half, two years, but covering Ole Miss for... I think exactly a year at this point. What did you do at the uh, at the paper before you were the uh, Ole Miss beater? I covered Southern Miss before that down in Hattiesburg. They're a Conference USA team, if people are familiar. And then before that, I've bounced around a little bit. I used to cover LSU for a now-defunct website, as tends to happen in our industry. And uh, before that, I've covered Georgia and a couple of baseball teams, et cetera. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So just... Uh... First off, kind of just tell me more about this year's Ole Miss team and uh, where things stand currently. Yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting team. Uh, they're a team that this offseason made pretty big splashes by going out and getting two really high-profile coordinators to work under Matt Luke, who is in his now third season as the head coach, if you count his interim year. They got Rich Rodriguez uh, from 
former West Virginia, Michigan, and Arizona head coach fame to run the offense. And they brought in Mike McIntyre, who spent six or seven years as the head coach of Colorado to run the defense. And this is a team that really tried to reinvent itself. It went from a group that last year, I believe, gained 68, 67% of its yards through the air to this year they're running close to 70% of the time. Uh, and defensively, this was a 4-3 team that could not stop the run or the pass last year. That this year is really stout against the run. Still can't stop the pass all that well, but they transitioned to a 3-4. They're getting a better pass rush. They're getting a much better run stop up the middle. And the team's sitting at 3-3, three and three, and it looks to be as if it has a stronger identity than maybe it did this time last year. Yeah, uh, talk about the, the kind of the run attack that uh, Ole Miss has. You know, that, that was kind of the one thing leaving uh, Barry Odom's presser earlier today that it seems like, you know, that's maybe where he sees the biggest challenge come Saturday. Yeah, I mean, the marquee matchup is going to be that Mizzou run defense, which anybody listening to this knows is stellar. I mean, they've been, what, 37 yards a game the last four weeks, something around there. That's Ole Miss, meanwhile, the last two weeks, since John Rice Plumley, the true freshman, took over at quarterback, they've been running the ball 70% of the time. And Plumley has thrown 46 passes and ran 47 times on his own. If you remember Rich Rodriguez's offenses from the Pat White, Steve Slayton days at West Virginia, it's really reminiscent of that if you mix in some RPO looks. They have spent a lot of time running quarterback draws, a lot of time running the zone read, some triple option looks sort of things. And they have a trio of really talented running backs behind Plumley, a senior in Scotty Phillips, who's kind of the bell cow. He's going to be your grind it four or five yards of carry kind of guy. They've got a home run back in Jerry Ely. He was a five-star uh, recruit last year who is Every time he touches the ball, he's a threat to go 100. He is that fast, that electric. He gained some, garnered some comparisons to Alvin Kamara coming out of high school. He's that style back. And then another true freshman in Snoop Connor, who is a power back, who showed off the speed for the first time last week against Vanderbilt, but really is the, if you have a lead in the fourth quarter, he's going to grind you out and take time off the clock. They usually have two running backs on the field at the same time, a lot of 12 personnel, a lot of 21 personnel. Um, with both tight ends and running backs, and they they try to gouge you with the run. Is that just more because they don't have a good wide receiver or quarterback, or that's just truly that's just where you know Matt Luke wants to be? I think it's a little bit of both. Uh, when Matt Corral started uh, for the first four games of the season, this was closer to a 55-45 team. They were still run first, but Corral is a little bit more of a passing option. I, I think anyone who's watched the SEC is familiar with what Ole Miss had at receiver last year. So a lot of the guys that are on this year's team didn't have to play last year because A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf and Demarcus Lodge and uh, Dawson Knox, the tight end, were superstars. This year, Elijah Moore, I think, is second or third in the SEC and catches this year. He's their slot guy. He's a guy that they really like to go to on short-distance plays. He's shifty. He gets lost in, in the middle a lot of the time. But other than him, they don't really have anybody who has stood out at wide receiver or tight end in the passing game yet. You mix that with John Rice Plumley having to come in after Corral's injury. Plumley is not that polished of a passer yet. He's only made two college starts, so he's got room to grow. But his first start, he completed 36% of his passes. It was against Alabama, but still 36% is not an enviable margin. 
they really have relied on the run because it's working. Uh, and I don't know if it's going to work to the same degree against the stout Missouri defense, but I think the stat I found today is there are only three teams in college football who have run the ball more in the first quarter this season than Ole Miss has. So it's, it's they're going to try it early. They're going to see if it can work, and maybe they'll adjust in the second quarter if it's not working. I got you. I got you. I got you. Uh, was, yeah, actually, the Ole Miss-Vanderbilt game last week was kind of on in the press box during Missouri-Troy as Missouri's next two opponents were facing each other. Did, did you think that kind of that Vanderbilt game has given this team a lot of confidence, knowing that they probably faced maybe the worst team in the SEC just to kind of lift them up? Or how does that, do you think that's, that's a factual statement? It could be. I, I think they faced the worst team in the SEC four weeks ago when they played Arkansas, but maybe they played the worst team last week. Who knows? Uh, they've got two SEC wins against two bottom dwellers, and that's an improvement over last year when they had one SEC win. So they all they already are in a better position than maybe they were last year. I think there's some confidence. Anytime you run for 400 yards against an SEC team, you're going to be proud of yourself. Anytime you hold an SEC team to six points and that team scored 34 against LSU, you're going to be confident. But as horribly cliched as it is, Matt Luke does preach the whole this week is the only week that matters mentality, the next man up mentality. And I don't think this team's going to be too caught up in living off the glory of a win over Vanderbilt as, as valuable as that win may have been. Now, it's been a topic of discussion for a while that, you know, Old Miss and Missouri most of the time, even though they share the SEC, are kind of in two different worlds a lot of the time. It's six years in between matchups, only the second time they faced since Missouri joined the SEC. Do you think that unfamiliarity where you don't see them every year, these are players that have never faced off against each other at the college level, works to more Missouri's advantage or Ole Miss's? I have a hard time imagining that it would help either team more than the other just because both teams are so independent of one another. But I will say Missouri's almost certainly a more experienced team than Ole Miss's. Maybe not all experience at Missouri in the case of Kelly Bryant, but Ole Miss is starting a ton of redshirt freshmen and true freshmen. Uh, there was a point during the Alabama game, if I'm not mistaken, where all five of the offensive linemen on the field were freshmen or true freshmen. They they played Juke, three JUCO starters on defense who are all transfers in. They have two other true freshmen who started last week on defense. True freshman quarterback, two true freshman running backs, a true freshman at receiver. If you've never seen, they've never seen Missouri before. They've never seen anybody before. So I don't know if that counts as an advantage for Ole Miss because every week is brand new, or a disadvantage because they're going against a really experienced team. But this Ole Miss team can't really say, well, we play LSU every year, so we know what we're going to take because these guys haven't played anybody. Fair enough. Uh, I saw the line, Vegas betting line earlier today was, I think, at 11. Missouri was favored. Do you think that's fair? And if so, do you think uh, Ole Miss covers? And what's kind of your final score prediction for Saturday? So I'll just come out and say it to begin with. I don't make final score predictions because uh, – uh, they're bad. Every one of them is. But I will say about the spread, there are really four factors that I think are going to determine whether or not Missouri can cover. I wrote about this this morning. Two have already addressed both the matchup with the run defense and the first quarter establishing the run. Two other things I want to hit on. One, the way Missouri spreads the ball to so many different targets, receivers, running backs, tight ends, really favors Missouri. 
because Ole Miss's pass defense has been super porous this year. When Ole Miss has succeeded against the pass, it's been against teams like Memphis or Vanderbilt that have one or two primary targets. Missouri having, I think it's six guys with over 100 receiving yards this year, five guys with more than 10 catches, but nobody with more than 17. That's really going to hurt Ole Miss and favor Missouri. The thing that might hurt Missouri and favor Ole Miss is Missouri's, uh, shall I say, struggles in the red zone this year. Uh, kind of hard to cover a 12-point spread when you're converting points out of the red zone, I think 68% of the time like Missouri is. Uh, and it's just kind of hard to, when you're trading threes instead of sevens, or even if you're trading zeros instead of sevens, it's kind of hard to cover a double-digit spread. So whichever one you think is going to end up being more valuable, I see those as two major factors along with Missouri's run defense and Ole Miss's love of running the ball uh, to inform your gambling. <laughs> sounds, so, sounds good. Well, uh, you know, I guess just uh, plug everything you uh, have here. You know, where can people find you? How can they read stuff on the uh, opposition this week? You know, get, here's your chance to kind of let everybody know where you're at. Yeah, visit clarionledger.com. That's clarion, C-L-A-R-I-O-N, ledger spelled like ledger. Uh, read my stuff. Twitter is Nick Suss. That's N-I-C-K-S-U-S-S. And uh, be nice to each other. That's a plug, I guess. <laughs> be nice to each other. Okay, I like that. Uh, that was Nick Suss of the Clarion Ledger. Uh, I guess you'll be making your way up to uh, Columbia Friday at some time, and we'll see you this weekend here in Missouri, I guess. That is correct, yeah. Yeah, I don't know how hot it is in uh, Mississippi right now, but it, it just got decidedly colder over the last week here in Missouri, so pack a coat. Uh, not a big one, but, you know, a light coat. Oh, it got decidedly colder in Mississippi, too, but decidedly colder means it's 75 degrees. Yeah, like, I mean, decidedly colder. I mean, it was it was 90 to 100 for four months or three months, and now we're back down to, you know, 50 when it wakes up. But at some point it gets to like at least mid- high 60s throughout the day, so... We'll take that for what you will, I guess. Will do. All right. Well, thanks so much for joining us, and uh, I'll see you on Saturday. Cool. See you then, man.